You're listening to a devotion by Christ Baptist Church. For more resources, visit our website at ChristBaptist.org. Well, after a little bit of a hiatus from these daily or twice and three times a week podcasts, I'm back again and uh, glad to be with you after uh, attending to some other matters uh, over the last few weeks. I've been grateful for those who have stepped in uh, to keep these podcasts going, these devotionals, these, uh, these reflective thoughts. And I hope they continue to be an encouragement to you, and I hope that you are able to continue to get them uh, in whatever manner, whether through Spotify, on the website, uh, on Google, um, now I forgot what it's called, uh, Google Podcasts or iTunes, uh, whatever way best serves you, I hope that you're able to continue to get these. Well, this week, uh, and particularly today and tomorrow, uh, I would like to focus on the life of J.I. Packer. Uh, some of you will know that name. If you've been in church life for very long, you'll know that uh, he was, uh, until very recently, uh, one of the great authors of uh, Christian Christianity and evangelical Christendom. Uh, he has been around for a very long time and was a tremendous gift to the church, but he passed away just a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it would be good for us to take some time and consider not only the man himself, to introduce him perhaps to some of you who don't know him, have never heard of him, but also to remind us of some of the ways in which he wrote about the church, wrote about what it means to be a believer, and consider that. And some of it is quite encouraging. Today, I'm going to give you more of a sense of the man himself, even in this uh, brief time that we have together. Tomorrow, my plan is to talk to you about a particular piece that he wrote uh, that encourages those who are wrestling with anxiety and uh, to some degree depression as well. And so I want to give you a sense of where we're going, at least for these next couple of podcasts. If you want to know any more about Alistair, or sorry, not Alistair McGrath, I was going to say Alistair McGrath, he wrote a biography of J.I. Packer. If you want to know more about J.I. Packer, you can read a book by Alistair McGrath, who wrote a biography called J.I. Packer, A Biography. Go figure. You can also read another book by Leland Riken, who wrote a book called J.I. Packer, An Evangelical Life, and that gives you section by section uh, the life of J.I. Packer. There's another book by Sam Storms called Packer on the Christian Life. In fact, it's published by Crossway, and Crossway has produced a whole series of books in which they look at a particular individual in church history, and then that name, and then it's on the Christian life. And so you'll find a number, if you go to crossway.org, I believe is their website, you'll be able to find lots of these sorts of resources. And they have a number of books covering many characters in history and their continued church history and continuing to produce more. For example, they have Luther and Calvin and Jonathan Edwards. They've got books out on Charles Spurgeon and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, Francis Schaeffer is a particularly good one that I've enjoyed, C.S. Lewis and John Stott, among many others. So I would encourage you to mine those resources, uh, but in this instance, particularly Packer on the Christian Life. Well, what can I tell you in this brief time that we have together about Packer's life and work? It's perhaps worth noting uh, right at the outset that a, a survey was done not too long ago when Christianity Today asked the question of its readership, so you get a sense for who's answering the question, who are the most influential writers in, uh, in the church today, in this, particularly, I would guess, in the West? And so when that survey was done, 
uh, at least the readers of Christianity Today, who are going to be largely living in North America and in Britain, uh, perhaps also Australia and New Zealand. The answer came back, number one author, in, most influential author in the church is C.S. Lewis in the history of the church. C.S. Lewis, and the second was J.I. Packer. So that gives you a sense. If you've never heard of J.I. Packer, that may give you a sense for the incredible impact that he has had in his writing and his speaking career. How he came to be a writer, how he came to be involved in Christian ministry and teaching and so forth, is a rather interesting one. When he was a boy, he was born and raised in Britain, and when he was a boy, he was at school one day, and I forget his age, uh, may have been seven or eight years old or something of this nature, and he was, he was being chased, as he recounts the story, he was being chased by a bully in the schoolyard. Well, that chase led uh, Packer out onto the street, and without checking and without looking, and apparently the driver wasn't paying attention either, uh, Packer came careening out into the street, and he was hit by this truck. Uh, laid out flat on the road. He was rushed to the hospital. He had surgery. And in his, on his, the right front section of his uh, skull had been essentially smashed in. And he had to undergo, as I said, surgeries and a great deal of uh, rehabilitation and care and so forth. It took him six months to recover from that injury to, uh, to a degree where he could return to school. He lost half a year in his education because of it. Uh, after he came back from that injury, his uh, doctor and his parents uh, thought that it would be best that he wear a metal plate around that area of his head that had been struck, uh, you know, which, as you can imagine, uh, took a boy who was already a little bit shy, already uh, somebody who was uh, not the most favorite or outgoing student in the, church, in, the, uh, in the school. It turned him into a more... Uh, distant individual because the children did not want to include him. He couldn't be part of uh, some of their games because of his head injury. In fact, you can even see uh, to the very end of his life, you could see the evidence of his head injury and the way that the skull hardened and, and I guess uh, healed. There was this indentation in the front right part of his head. Uh, but because of that, he ended up being very much alone. And, uh, and so he gave himself to the things that one might when uh, you're a young boy. He started reading and, uh, the, and, and keeping to himself. Well, to cut uh, a long story short, and his, on his 11th birthday, he was looking forward to receiving a bicycle like so many of his other friends had received. And he wanted to have a bicycle that he could ride a bicycle and just know the freedom and, and just the excitement of that kind of uh, activity and that transportation. Well, his parents, as I'm sure many parents would be, were very concerned. What if we get him a bike and he gets on the bike and he crashes? I mean, he has this metal plate protecting his head, but mm, don't know if we really want him out on that bicycle. That could be too dangerous. And so they decided that instead of buying him a bike for his 11th birthday, believe it or not, they bought him a typewriter. Now, that's a little unusual, I will admit. Uh, it's Why they decided a typewriter, I'm not entirely sure. But they decided to buy him a typewriter. And so he had a hot typewriter. Well, he wasn't exactly thrilled. As you can imagine, what 11-year-old boy is going to be really happy at receiving a typewriter for his birthday when he was hoping and dreaming of a bicycle? He was not all that impressed, nor was he very happy, and it, was, it, it served even further to uh, increase just his uh, depression. But over time, he decided, well, I have this typewriter, and so let's, let's give it a try. So he did. Well, once he tried that typewriter, he never turned back. 
And what's interesting is that while Packer, born in 1926 and uh, dying in, in 2020, while he lived from, from that, those early days all the way through the technological developments uh, in the 60s and the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, into the, into the 21st century, lived through all of that, everything he wrote for the rest of his life was always written on a typewriter. I don't think he wrote everything on the, the original typewriter. Uh, I'm not even sure if he kept it. I'm sure he must have. But he, he only ever wrote on a typewriter right up to his, his dying day. So fascinating story. But it was because of these developments that uh, young James Packer became a, a, an individual who was interested in reading and thinking and studying and writing. As if, had he not had that injury and continued being the boy he was before, who knows what his life would have been like, but by God's providential working, uh, he was one who was, uh, was saved uh, as a result, actually, of, of some of these things. Because the rest of the story, in terms of his spiritual character and salvation goes, he was in, raised in the Anglican Church, but his parents were only nominal uh, believers. They, were only, they, they attended, but they really hadn't grasped the gospel properly. And it wasn't until he began to listen more and more to people who did know the gospel, and he began to read the likes of C.S. Lewis and so forth, that he began to understand what the gospel was, and eventually he himself was saved. He turned out to be a great friend of Martin Lloyd-Jones, for those of you who know that name, another a tremendous figure from the 20th century in evangelical circles and so forth. But what, uh, what was it that he wrote that was so influential? Well, a couple of things. He wrote a lot. I'll only mention a few here. The first, of course, is knowing God. And I say, of course, because anyone who knows the life of J.I. Packer knows knowing God was the most significant book he ever wrote. And it's not just significant because I think it's a good book or other people might think it's a good book. It's significant because it has sold to date over a million copies. This is not a book that was picked up by a few pastors, a couple of seminary students, and the curious uh, layperson. This is, this is a book that has changed lives. This is a book that continues to be translated into other languages. So if you've not read Knowing God by J.I. Packer, I would encourage you to get a copy and to read it. The first book, however, that he wrote, one that is not as well known, but it's interesting and it's, uh, for us, especially here in North Carolina, it was a book called Fundamentalism and the Word of God, Some Evangelical Principles. This was written in the 1950s. I think it was 1955. When this book was written, you may think, well, what was it about? What, what would make it so significant? And why would that be significant for those of us living in North Carolina? The answer is that in those early 50s and into the mid-50s, of course, Billy Graham uh, his own ministry was beginning to take off, and his own ministry was being blessed by God. Well, as Billy Graham was speaking in so many places, he would refer to the Bible as the inerrant Word of God. And many of his critics uh, came at Billy Graham with criticisms, with mockery, uh, deriding what he had to say, and so forth. And the question was, well, who is Billy Graham? What does he know? Well, None other than J.I. Packer, Oxford-trained, highly respected scholar, decided that a response was needed to those who were mocking and criticizing the idea of inerrancy. And so that was his first book. Essentially, J.I. Packer's first book was a defense. It came, or came to the defense of Billy Graham and his correct assertions about the inerrancy of the Word of God. So a little tie there between the Englishman J.I. Packer 
and uh, our very own Billy Graham here in North Carolina. Well, one other book that I'll mention in the midst of all of them is one that has a fascinating title. It's, it's entitled Hot Tub Religion. You might not expect that to be the title of a book written by someone educated in private school and then in Oxford University and so forth, but he wrote a book called Hot Tub Religion. And what did he say in that? Well, I want to read you um, just an excerpt from, from the book, which gives you a sense of the kinds of things that he was concerned about. This book was written in the ni- late 1980s. It was written as he, uh, as he was thinking about the hot tub, the actual experience of sitting in a hot tub. And as he did so, he writes this. He said, it is the perfect symbol of the modern root in religion. The hot tub experience is sensuous, relaxing, floppy, laid back, not in any way demanding, whether intellectually or otherwise, but very, very nice, even to the point of being great fun. Many today want Christianity to be like that and labor to make it so. To this end, many are already offering occasions which we are meant to feel are the next best thing to a hot tub. Namely, happy gatherings free from care, real fun times for all. Thus, when modern Western man turns to religion, if he does, and most don't, when he turns to religion, what he wants is total tickling relaxation, the sense of being at once soothed, supported, and effortlessly invigorated. In short, hot tub religion. Now, Packer goes on to say that the feelings that are generated by uh, a hot tub are okay. In fact, as he says, they are great. And relaxation and soothing emotions and exuberant celebrations are all permissible within biblical Christian experience. He doesn't want to take those away. However, he goes on to say, but if there were no more to our Christianity than hot tub factors, if that is, we embraced a self-absorbed hedonism of relaxation and happy feelings while dodging tough tasks, unpopular stances, and exhausting relationships, we should fall short of biblical God-centeredness and of the cross-bearing life to which Jesus calls us and advertise to the world nothing better than our own decadence. Please God, however, we shall not settle for that. So as I think about the life of J.I. Packer, I think of a man who is godly, a man who ran the race well. And as far as this earth is concerned, it is now done. And for that reason, because he ran the race well for so long and with such faithfulness, I think it's worth getting to know J.I. Packer a little bit more because he understood that knowing God is the way to happiness and joy and to fullness of life.